This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart, and as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback, and I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, it's Christmas Eve, if that's relevant to you in some way. (laughs) I want to, first of all, say, hey... Happy Christmas Eve. Second of all, enjoy today's episode with Ira Madison III. Whew, I can't even remember how many months ago we recorded this. I have no memory of doing it. I'm sure we were brilliant. Also, early heads up, if you live in San Francisco, I will be bringing Query to San Francisco Sketchfest, January 12th. Enjoy the show. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still I always have folks, folks introduce themselves. Would you introduce yourself? Sure. I am Ira Madison III. I'm a writer. I do internet things. You do internet things. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the writer stuff. Like, where, where, I feel like I first just became aware of you through Twitter. Yeah. But what's your background prior to? I assume that Twitter didn't invent you, or that you weren't born there. I, I was born on Twitter. Just <laughs> you like, were born? Just, yeah, like I was. I was hatched cre- out of a little egg and yeah, everything. Yeah, I was created to uh, influence the election. Actually, um, no, I before Twitter, I lived in New York, uh, a whole other city. I know, right? We're in Los Angeles. Yeah, um, and I was a playwright. So a playwright. Yeah, I don't think I actually knew that about you. Yeah, I started out trying to do plays in New York because I went to grad school at Tisch. Ah, and, I've heard of this. Yeah, NYU. And so I decided I wanted to do TV, and wow. I moved to LA. Wow, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. I suppose there's a. Well, I don't know. I mean, that, like, let's see, live performance and. Staging a play does seem very different than making television, but the yeah. skill set would be, I guess, similar. Maybe just the, the a little bit, yeah. But the goal would maybe be slightly different. How, you wanted to be a playwright. Um, where? How, how did? I don't even think I would have known that was a job. Like I'm trying to think <laughs> of when in my life I would have known that one could do that for a living. How did you know that you could do that for a living? Well, I did. I also did theater in high school and in undergrad, and so I was just sort of. This was my life. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you from originally? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Then you got to New York to go to school, or did you go to school? Chicago first, and then New York. Where did you go to school in Chicago? Loyola, Chicago. I know that place. Yeah. Uh, That's a Catholic place. Yeah, the Jesuits. Uh Uh-huh. My high school was one, too. A a Jesuit? Yeah, I went to Market High School. Ah, yeah. Um, Were you aware of your queerness going to Catholic schools? I was. By high school, I was. What was that experience like? Uh, it was It was weird. I, I Not weird, weird. It, I mean, it was weird being surrounded by, you know, like, guys. Um, <laughs> but looking, was, that, was that high school all? Yeah, it was all boys. Uh, looking back, I don't find, I like, looking back, I'll find weird things that were just weird, like, being like, one of the only black kids at this like all white. I was going to ask school. a follow up because I but, turns out I know a lot about Catholic schools. Yeah, and uh, I think most cities just a lot of rich. White it's boys. a lot of white people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so looking back, I could see specific moments that were weird because of that, but there weren't really many like things that at least are in my memory huh. of. Oh my god, it was weird being gay. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. When the so, like, you started going – had you gone to – well, were you raised Catholic or were you just no, going to Catholic school? Just going to it because it was, like, the, the best school, school in the yeah. Market. Yeah. And um, prior to – Jews there, too. No, I know. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> the thing about it. Was, it was so it's, – it's, it's fun because it's, like, we all had to take theology classes still. So, it's, like, I, I can't imagine what it was like for Fun would be one them. word for it. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like it's – the Catholic Church has staged such a brilliant coup by um, – investing in education and thus like creating a, 
a way of infiltrating young minds, you know, indoct- yeah. indoctrinating folks like this is normative and this is part of the fabric of uh, th- like this belief system is I know right there next to math. You know, like it's like you go to math class mm-hmm. and then you go to our belief system class. And yeah. um, I really do think that the it's like I, I actually think it's really sinister. Uh, the merging of uh-huh. Catholicism with like. I'm going to do air quotes here, great schools, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause I also went to a great, uh, like top high school that was, that was Catholic. And, yeah. and there was also a very good public school in my area that I grew up in, but the feeling that like the Catholic school would be better and give you more opportunities is why I went there. And it, it actually did damage me a lot going to Catholic school. I think, Okay. even though I liked, um, my peers and I thought I had like good teachers and stuff. I don't, I wish that I I wish that I hadn't been presented Catholic morality as if it was um mm-hmm. you know as irrefutable as math. It's hard to undo that. Yeah. I guess as a writer and someone who's always into like mythology, like Greek mythology and you know um Egyptian mythology, um I sort of just treated the theology classes as like Oh, this was it was mildly entertaining. Yeah, I mean it is it is mythology. Books. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so and then also doing theater so much in school. Um I don't know if it had that I'm sure it had an effect on me. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if it's had a super big one where I'm like I enjoyed it. You know, because I was raised Baptist at mm. least. So I was familiar with some of the traditions. But not, yeah. you know. These the masses were awful. Oh, I actually like love mass. <laughs> but <laughs> like I, these are long. I guess I just mean it's like I look at I look at the things that I was taught. Like here's an example. Um like seeing a picture of a beautiful old church that's in like Mexico in mm-hmm. in class or something and and being like uh in world history, you know, and like here's the most beautiful church in Mexico City, and then like much later being like, oh, that was um colonialism. Like that oh, was yes. actually like like this history that I was presented, which is like, here's like this beautiful stained glass window. Like, oh, people like died yes. for that. And yes. like, and I was presented with that as like an architectural marvel, yeah. not as like a stamping out uh, of what had been there before. And I feel like. I think that's high school in general. I think it is. You know, especially American because it's. What do you mean? No, yeah. <laughs> you know, because you, you look back and it's like, hmm. Oh, we had this whole section on like. The Alamo and like I mean, we just had Columbus Day this week. Yeah, that we're you know, recording this and so many things that we learn in the books. When you like peel it back and you really look at it, you're like, oh, a lot of people were just like murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot, yeah, a lot of people were just straight up murdered. <laughs> uh, but we teach it as you know, uh-huh. plucky. Europeans. Plucky. They're so, honestly, they just had so much confidence and they knew they needed to have what they needed. You know, yeah. like they wanted it and so they should go get it. And like, that's the message is like, go get what you need. And, um, I mean, the whole phrase kill, manifest, kill the people that, yeah. manifest destiny. Yeah. It was like, God told you go West. Uh huh. Kill these people. God did tell just a very specific group of, a group of white men. People. Yeah. Men. Had, yeah. yeah. To go West. Yeah. Yeah. And it's ingrained into so many things. It is. It like is. That, the, the cartoon I loved as a kid. What's that cartoon? Fievel. Oh, Fievel yeah. goes west. Man, Fievel is. I guess he was like all He's an imperialist. <laughs> yeah, he, he had aspirations of imperialism. <laughs> he did. But I guess he was just like a poor little mouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, we, did you live in, a, in an area that was, like, what were the demographics of where you grew up? I'm wondering because you went to this. Uh, school mm-hmm. that was mostly white for high school. Great. Prior to that, had you been around mostly white people for other schooling? No. Uh, my schools were actually pretty diverse before that. Uh, a lot of the schooling in Milwaukee is good. Um, you know, I went to the school Gold of My Year. Um, and where else did I go? Uh, Morris Middle School. Um, but these were these were very sco- good schools with good education that also had predominantly um, students of color. Uh, so you know, Marquette was my first 
introduction to there's a lot of white people. And what about the neighborhood that you lived in? Uh, so we were working class and lived in sort of a uh, working class neighborhood with a lot of uh, black people at first. And then we sort of, um, you know, were moved on up, uh, so to speak, uh, and moved into like a, uh, not exactly a suburb. It was close to the suburb of Wauwatosa. It was the part of Milwaukee that had um, less black people in it. Mm. Did that when we when we moved when we time? moved there? Yeah. Um, now it is not the case. Uh, yes. Did that happen at the same time? Like going to slightly that before. Suburb? Um, what, yes. what was I was I was I was living in that area um, before you went to high school. Yeah, but even then in Milwaukee, you know, it's like there's there's just like. It's weird because, like, even as a black person, when you when you remove yourself from you know sort of the area you grew up in, um, you're never even really removed from where you're from. You know, like family, other family members still lived, you know, in the where we had moved from. Uh, I still got my hair cut there. You know, I still went to the same sort of movie theaters there, uh, and you know, it's a densely populated sort of city. So even going downtown and like other things or the mall and things, you know, you're, you're still seeing black people everywhere. Sure. So. I guess I'm wondering about the experience of... Um, yeah, It's not like happy day is white. No. Uh, <laughs> Milwaukee, Milwaukee isn't. Yeah. Even though most people think it is, all those white people live in the suburbs. No, I've been now. to I'm a, oh, yeah. Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, but I, I guess I'm thinking about the experience of like having a lot of commonality and then just like and then just not yes. and that happening um i want like what was that what was that like for you yeah i guess it's um you notice now it's just sort of like references culturally and mm. even sort of like music and arts and things that you would be able to talk to students about just sort of vanishes when you go to an all boys school and part of it, too, was, you know, that, like, I, I was also closer friends with a lot of girls at middle school. Uh, oh, that's interesting, uh, yeah. too. That's a, that's a lot of loss. Yes. Of like And then all of a sudden. <laughs> folks that look gone. like me. Folks I'm actually friends with. Like, yeah. you're just folks that have shared cultural knowledge. Like, that's a lot of loss to go into high school with. Yes. And then I was in high school. I yeah. did not want to go at first. Also, it's weird because I, I guess if I'm thinking about the only thing where you really think about like queerness in those schools is that like if you go to, if you go to an all boys school, I don't know how it is now, um, but you know like certainly in the '90s, like you know friends or other people or other schools would always joke that all the boys there are gay. Oh wow! And those I you didn't know, actually it, know that. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, you huh. know, and and it would be like. Um, part of chants or cheers for like opposing teams right. like during basketball games or football right. games and things. Wow. Do you yeah. remember like the wording of those cheers or chants? No. I mean, I never went to those games. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard about them uh, later. Yeah. Uh, I went to a high school where the chants and cheers that fall in that same category were about um, class. Mm. Which was really which is really wild uh because love, love class uh-huh well i just mean like i i mean i have a ton of shame about it but it is real i went to like a, a school that was kind of known for its uh snobbiness i mm -hmm. went to, like because it was um i think just by the nature of having to pay to go there and mm -hmm. i not in, i'm not from an area with bad public schools. I think that there mm -hmm. our public schools are just fine and some of them are really, really good. So if you were choosing to go to a private school or Catholic school, like that meant something about your family's priorities. And I mm -hmm. think that there was a snobbiness to that. And yeah. Yeah. My, I I have a I know I have a very so, clear memory of a of a chant that is like super shameful. Oh my God. Yeah. What was it? You want to know what it is? Yeah. This is not something I would have led. This is something I heard all the time. Are you ready? Yeah. It's real. It's really bad. Okay. okay. This is uh, this is if you're at my Catholic high school and you're yeah. playing a uh, public school. Yeah. Um, it's all right. This you're probably losing. Uh, this is when you're losing. Oh wait, I think this is in Bring It On. Oh. I've heard this chant too. I don't know if it's is in it, Bring It, it On, wait, which is actually is it, shameful because I love 
bring it, it on. Is it, that's all right. That's okay. You're going to work gonna for pump, us. Oh, you're going to pump our gas someday. You're going to work it, for us someday. Yes. That's what it was. It's yes. all right. It's okay. You're going to work for us someday. Yeah. yeah. That was it. And, and that's like, I don't even, I mean, I don't, I'm sure I said that just because it was like, yeah. you know, what everybody was saying or whatever. Yeah. I don't think I was like, it was the Coliseum. I don't think, I was, Everyone was I, don't think I was standing in the middle of being <laughs> like, I believe, but I think I definitely said that. And, um, and also like incorrect. Like, I just mean like not also just like not, of course, not like a clear examination of what was really happening in the area that I grew up tons of those people that were going to. I, I'm from an area that's pretty upper middle class regardless. So yeah. I just mean it's not like there wasn't that big of a difference between yeah. anybody where I grew up. <laughs> I don't even drive. I Uber everywhere. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I, if going back in time, I would have to change the chant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Did you, you, went to a, you went to just a straight up Catholic school, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, so I was at a Jesuit Well, high a Benedictine school. school. Yeah. That, was the, mm-hmm. that was the version. Yeah. Mine was the Jesuit. So. I mean, I went to Jesuit college, okay, so I know yes. what you're talking about. So, but like being boys in high school with the Jesuits all around, because even though I went to a Jesuit college, I didn't feel it as oppressively at Loyola because mm-hmm. it's college, mm-hmm. so you're just sort of doing whatever all the time. You're not constantly surrounded by the rules of high school. Yeah. Um, and just having the Jesuits around, they were, you know, very much about, um, some people paid to go to our school. I did not. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, you I mean, know. that's also true where I went. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's, um, you know, we, they're at least very cognitive of, you know, a the social whole, justice. a social justice sort of thing being like men for others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the phrase. Men and women for others is, is yes. what happens when you eventually go to college, and that's yes. Because uh, so, <laughs> that's also uh, yeah. I mean, I hear that. I also think like, well, you know, you were talking about. I thought you were going to say something really different when you were talking about your examination of queerness in high school. I thought you were going to talk about because this was part of my experience was that the first people I have, the first people I encountered who like definitely were queer mm-hmm. were um, clergy. Like mm. I def I had nuns and priests that like for sure. We're queer. Okay. Yes, I definitely had a for sure. I had a I had a teacher who pretty sure was gay. Uh, He was a Jesuit. Yeah, Uh, and I was also just sort of drawn to him. Yeah, and I don't mean I don't even mean like it's not even like a stereotype stereotype thing. It's literally like. No, everything that this person is doing yes. is almost even feeding into the culture. Like yes. there's almost an awareness on their part. Just the of way like, he taught English to Yeah. Like, um, and I really liked him. And yes. we sort of he was sort of like They were a these were popular teachers yeah. where I went. They, they were, everything, yes, they, they were, were not, always the teachers that the students loved. Definitely this so le- I think about that. this lesbian teacher. Yeah. I mean I think about that too. I had I had those Staff members really looked up to them. And then that had they had to work at a school where they taught mm-hmm. that, in my case, I did get messaging that, that queerness was wrong. Mm. And I, I have thought so much about those adults since then. We specifically, I'm sure there probably was, but I don't remember any really specific class moments where they went over the, like, being gay is bad. Oh, I had them, in yeah. Our, in our... Mm-hmm. Uh, we had an LGBTQ group. That's wild. Well, because my best great. friend in high school came out junior year. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes, I did not. Yeah. Uh, when when was this? When did you come out? College sophomore year. Yeah, and 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 you were at Loyola. So college college freshman year, second semester. Ah, uh, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yes. Uh, were you were you living on campus? Or were you living like in I was the city of Chicago? On campus. Yeah. Uh, and um. You know, in high school, we actually had a a math teacher. I was horrible at math, um, but I loved him. Um, I think he had a gay son. Oh, wow. All I remember is, like, someone asked some question that, and I don't even remember the question, but I'm assuming it was homophobic, um, or like a student who didn't get something, like around senior year. And I remember uh, that teacher giving, like, a really – impassioned speech about how we how gay people are just people I mean number one that's amazing yeah number two then that makes me wonder I mean I'm just like so angry about it which is wild because it was like 2000 
three then. Yeah, that's a minute. That's a minute ago. Yeah, 2003 at a Catholic school. Well, I then remember, I, then I remember I wonder really why liking that day. person work there? That's what, something that I then wonder mm-hmm. about. I start to get, I mean, I have like a lot of anger in this direction. So I start of to course. then be like, so you're like a really charismatic teacher that everyone likes, and this is your personal belief, but you still get this paycheck from this place. Mm-hmm. Like, when's the moment where you just say like, True. we need to fully change yeah, it's the, weird because you know, I've had friends who've gone back and taught their mm-hmm. edits. Our school so do is, I. Yeah, our school is, our school is weirdly progressive mm-hmm. um, and in ways not because it's sort of, here's the thing. I don't know if there were many Trump voters of who are parents of kids who go to buy school. So then. Um, but they were definitely Bush Ah, um, oh, this is interesting. They're definitely Bush Cheney people. That's interesting. Those different what kind of Republicans. What a good distinction. What you a know, good just distinction. Like yes. Republicans who live in Milwaukee and they're conservative and they're like their money. Yes. But they're also like, we should also donate money and, right. you know, like do service work and this kind of stuff. They also you know? like their money being theirs specifically and not yes. distributed equally to of course. other people. Yeah. Like that's, but the they other, tell themselves that, the, you know, by, by donating or I doing know. service work, they're helping to better people's lives. I not knowing that. that, you know, maybe we should just go ahead and tax just, it. Yeah. Yeah. The public <laughs> program. That's the funny thing. I grew up very much around that. Yes. That mentality they're talking about, that like that mm-hmm. type of Republicanism that's that's based on like protecting small business yes. and protecting my bank account and And I'm sure um, those people's parents would probably hate Donald Trump. But they're I mean, also but they're also them, probably but they're also probably like these liberals need to calm down. I think that it, it also get, it gets the end the question that isn't asked usually or that I didn't hear asked is like, okay, but who are you protecting that money from? Yes. Because it I think it sometimes the answer would be the government. Like yes. that would be what that person would say. Mm-hmm. But um, that's not really what they mean. I know. What they mean is I'm protecting like my, my money fellow from the citizens. Government. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know taxes. Yeah, you're protecting your money from the government. <laughs> yeah, you know I've got some offshore accounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, a few good. In Narnia. Um, you know, no, I'm, I'm well. So I I started writing for a Netflix show this year. That's so great. Now I'm doing. How's that going? Great. It wraps next week. The room does. Um, so, you know, I'm finally now in that um, no longer my journalist phase where, you know, I got a regular check and my tax is taken out. And you got some money and coming in? Now it's, now it's sort of like, oh, I'm going to be filing taxes as a writer who has not had to pay taxes on the yeah. money that I make yeah. all year. Next year is going to be a hard year for me. Yeah, I mean, I think you— Tax day. I think— Because <laughs> I've, I've, I've always been used to getting a tax return. I know. I think you do realize what people are talking about. Yes. But then—and I mean, I understand also—I understand a lot of the mentality. You're like, oh, I do work really hard. Oh, mm-hmm. I did create this opportunity for myself. Yes. Oh, I do—I have goals I'm shooting for that, like, yes. I feel that I need to protect this money— like I, all of that is true I and real. Those are this corporate takeover. Yeah, those are real I want feelings. That money. Like I get that those are real feelings. Um, but I just, but then the thing that comes along with that is, um, that's like at what cost? At what cost? Because it's like it's because like I'm thinking that now, but it's like I'm not like a CEO of some company like raking in dough, you know? Right. It's like when you get to a certain point, it's like all right. Like, no, but what's that's, happening here? But that's not true. That's what's weird is that no. it feels like that should be true. But, no. right, of course, it's... Do you think Jeff Bezos is ever like, oh, they can't have my money? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. I'll go broke if they do. Well, I mean, don't you realize... He made $5 million in the time that we've been talking about. I know, I know, I know. But it's all <laughs> scalable, right? Like, the minute... That's the... That's the... That is That's true. the weird thing about the... Um, like I think culturally, I, I've this is where I was born and raised, so I can only speak to this country. Like I think in this country, the um, endless possibilities thing that we're taught, first of all, isn't true for everyone. Like not everybody has endless possibilities, mm-hmm. but also it since there's no feeling, there's no, there's no. Um, we don't ever say to each other in this country, like, you know what, you did it, like. <laughs> 
Mm. Like you, you got, you got there, you achieved it, you, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, even for like tiny things, you know, like Mm -hmm. congrats on that raise, congrats on the promotion, congrats on taking a vacation and choosing yourself. Like we don't take those moments to reward ourselves or congratulate Mm -hmm. ourselves. So what I've learned. I go on vacation all the time. I mean, that's good. But what I've learned in myself is like that, that mountain, Mm -hmm. it has no peak. Of course. So like, yeah. We're Kate Bush. Yes. Right out the hell. Yes. I mean, yes, I think probably Jeff Bezos does constantly feel like, oh, I wish I just had a little more stability. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he does. I I wish I just had like a little more stability. This was a weird moment last night too. Um, I live in a one bedroom and my friend also lives in a one bedroom and I was over at his place watching Survivor and I walked in and I was like, this is so nice. I want a new apartment. Mine felt cramped all of a sudden. And our other friend who was there who like has roommates and lives in like Burbank, he was like, um, <laughs> our, your apartment is great. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't want it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. I think that's. Coveting. Yes. The Bible says no. The Bible says no not to, to do that. So I will. But we're certainly not taught that, like as a skill. I don't of think course. that's a skill that is taught to folks. Yeah. Cut but like, it, my I neighbor's think apartment. That is taught to people elsewhere. I don't know. My little sister lives in Argentina. Mm-hmm. Seems to be a culture where, like, there's a lot of political unrest right now. Financially, yes. shit lot, is lot not of, going great. Everything murder. is really rough down there. And that I, being I, said, I don't know that. I don't know. Why I said that. No, it's a lot of murder. I don't know that there's a lot of murder, but there's a, there's a lot there's of a lot of murder stuff. here. There's a lot of murder here. But um, <laughs> what I do know is that it seems to be there's a, a significant cultural difference based on how many hours a day you're supposed to work and what you're supposed to accrue from that number of hours a day. Europe, you know, even them. When I know all like, about it. When yeah. they're like, you know, these Fridays off or like the holidays that you know pe- they give people, you know, it's like. We're, you're made to feel bad in America for wanting to take time off. So how do you justify it to yourself if you're going on vacation? What do you say? I just used to be broke for a really long time. Yeah. And now I can afford to travel, and I do it. Yeah, good. And, so, and that's how I justify it. You know, I'm going to London and Madrid next month. Great. When my show, um, when the room finishes. I just like doing it. Yeah. I'll travel somewhere for a weekend, you know? I, we're not going to die soon. I know. Very soon. It's getting closer all the time. Yes. Literally. It yes. is. Uh, so <laughs> Not just because of aging, but the earth is also burning up in a way to yes. meet us. Like I'm aging, but then also. Yes. Uh, you really can't take it with you. No, you cannot take it with you. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Okay, so you're spending your money, all of it, burning everything to the ground every day. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what about... Okay, so like you came out, you're at... Loyola. Loyola. Loyola is a, also pretty white place. Um, mm-hmm. Where, I was in where the, are people I was in from? theater. You're in theater. And there was at least a, the group, the black theater students all hung out with each other. Oh, that's cool. So I had them. Um, also, pardon me if I make an assumption, some queerness represented in the theater department. <laughs> yes, quite a bit. <laughs> so that sounds nice. Yeah. Like, did you come out to those folks? Um, early in the game? Like, I just mean, I'm imagining. No. No. I came up to a friend. How'd that go? He told the cast of Godspell at an after party, <laughs> and then the theater department knew. And then 
Uh, Why did I, that person tell the cast of Godspell? Because he, I don't know, because he was drunk. Oh, wow. Well. like, this is Ira. Um, and I found out about it the next day. Wow. And Were you at that party? No. A war was waged between us for a good t- two years. Sure. Yes. Um, that sucks. Yeah, I'm I sorry mean, that person did that. I mean, it's, yeah, thank you. But um, I'm sorry that that it devolved into what it devolved to. We both turned into horrible people. Yeah. For quite a bit. But then we became friends again. Okay. Yeah. And I lived with each other when I moved when we moved to New York. <laughs> what was that person's what was that person's deal? Straight person, queer person? He was he was a queer person. He was gay. Uh out? Yes, not to his family. But outed but, to, but outed you after to, he to, was already like, the out? Like department. he outed like he was well, out. He was already out of the theater department. Got yeah. it. It's weird because theater kids are always like they know when someone's going. That's how it's weird. We've. Sh- I feel like we've shifted now, um, and it, we at least. I mean, not really, but I feel like when there are younger kids in like a heavily queer space like theater, there's always that concept of like, like if this person hasn't come out, but like it's clear that they're gay, it's like, uh, just do it. We all know, you know, and like you'll talk about that person when they're not around about how like this person's clearly gay, you know. It's stuff like that, which we still see on the internet sometimes. Yeah. With certain celebrities and things like that, people will talk about them. Um, but I think that's really highly concentrated in younger people, at least, you know, during my age group. Uh, and I think a lot of it comes from, you know, if I've come out and had to deal with all of this, you know, why shouldn't you? Oh, there's a, you're right. There's a couple different things going on there. Uh, yeah, I think part of it is, I mean, I'm, I for sure think that for queer folks anyway, like, we definitely have a feeling of, like, your family, get over here. Like, yeah. you know, I, I had to do this, you have to do this kind of a mm-hmm. thing. I think with celebrities, it can sometimes be a little bit different because, mm-hmm. especially based on, like, age, there's, there's, yes. it's a very different yeah. to, but I mean, this is true also for humans that yes. are just living their lives privately. It's, it's very different started- for like a younger person where you're like, I'm sensing this is what's going on, mm-hmm. or for an older person that you're like, you're hiding. And I started thinking about that, just also in a sense of like, say there's like a young pop star that people are like, he's really gay, he should come out. It's weird because it's like, that person may be gay, but it's also like, are they surrounded by an environment where they'd feel comfortable doing that, you know? Like, if you've grown up being, like, an actor or a singer or something, like, you're probably very insulated, at least within the industry um, and within your career and the people who manage you. And it's not like you... It's not like if you came out, you would immediately have, like, four gay best friends, you know, who can help you live a normal life. You know, you'll do that and then what? You'll just be, you know, publicly a queer person. Um, and then privately, you're just, your life doesn't really change. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know? I, I, think I also benefit from, like, um, I'm just on a spectrum in terms of gender where, like, I'm not totally sure it was ever an option for me to um, hide what was going on. Like, there, oh, same. Were, there was a time when I had um, long hair on mm-hmm. both sides. Uh, I still kind of dressed like this, and mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know. I, I can't even imagine a world where, first of all, I've just always committed to being out. Like I, mm-hmm. But um, I'm also just, I'm not in this position where I read mm-hmm. differently than I am. <laughs> yeah. So there's also that. Like, that's actually like a, that's a lot to give up. The presumption of straightness and mm-hmm. the privilege there. Yeah. And especially if you're in the public eye. Like, mm-hmm. the albums that you could sell if people don't know who you're singing about. Of course. Because you, because you don't read. Yeah. Um, that, that's, a, that's a big choice. To give up that privilege is a big choice. Yeah. And I don't think people... I don't think a lot of people think about that. Yeah. You know, when they're like, that person should just come out. You know? Yeah. I'm like... I never had that privilege to give up. I mean, I did. I guess some occasionally. I'm like, if you could be (sighs) not white, would you do that? It's not the same thing, you know? But it's like... I mean... You know, it's like all of a sudden you're like, people are going to start looking at you differently. Well, white people aren't like jumping to give up white privilege. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure if I'm the... I'm not sure if I'm the 
person to break this news to you, <laughs> a black man. But like white people, it turns out, are like holding on to that with a pretty strong grip. Um, the, uh, they love it. Yeah. White people love white privilege. So I, do, I love it. Yeah. Who doesn't love white privilege? No, a lot of people don't love my privilege. Um, listen, I enjoy it every award season mm. when those screeners come to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. White privilege feels like sitting on my couch watching Glenn <laughs> Close in The Wife. <laughs> yeah, but there is there is a if you can pass because it's usually it usually is somebody who can I don't know I mean I guess who can't who can't pass that then has come out. It's hard to also know because. Even to get to a position where you're in the industry, you usually are within a certain range of mm-hmm. gender expression. Yeah. That's that's newly not true. Like, we newly have celebrities that are hatching out of, like, RuPaul's Drag Race or whatever mm-hmm. that are, like, sort of now operating in a crossover right. space. Like, this is and 18 months with, old or whatever. And it's different when you're an artist, you know, because, you know, um, so many of our famous queer artists who came out later in life um, – their personalities and the flamboyance and everything on stage was just taken as this is an artist. Personality b- bigger than yeah. what, You know, like mm-hmm. um, Liberace was just, he's an artist. He's crazy. Yep. You know, and it's, uh, but then you have an artist like, like Prince, you know, who was just like blurred so many things, you know, but, you know. Yes. Um, or like a Freddie Mercury, you know, it's, you think about those things. Because um, not everyone's an Elton John. Yeah. Well, also, um, not everyone that's queer presents like Elton John. Yeah, you know? And so some of them present just like boy down the street. I know. You know? I know. It's a whole other thing. It really is. I feel I even know some folks that are, I don't know. It's This is all a very interesting conversation because mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've, seen it a little bit more but this is also something that like it's true in our industry but it's I mean it's true in any industry it's true like if you're a lawyer and you work in family law like you're a divorce lawyer or whatever Mm -hmm. you don't present as queer like are you going to tell the people that you represent like I'm a gay person maybe not you know Mm -hmm. what I, I just mean it's like we're always kind of yeah I think queer folks I think this is a bigger burden because when we talk about coming out, we always talk about families and we mm. always talk about parents. We don't necessarily talk about like public sphere. Yeah. And public sphere includes the job that you work, whatever that job is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You feel like of you course. didn't make a decision. Like mm. that's what you're saying. You, you're saying that you and you're in the same situation yeah. as me where it's like you're going to read. So you might as well just say what's up because <laughs> yeah. people know what's up. Yeah. You know, I tried to date someone in college. It didn't work. How'd that go? <laughs> yeah. Didn't work. This is a woman? You tried to date yes. a woman? Was that the one time you tried to date a woman? Yes, the one time. It was tragic. What happened? Um, I don't know. just wasn't attracted to her. Sure, yeah. Yes. Which is weird because I could uh, probably find a woman I would be attracted to. The f- sure, um, of course. But her just specifically was not. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think that's weird. And I, um, I remember ending things with her... Not over any, like, it wasn't like I had come out at that point. I remember ending things with her because we watched the movie Zoolander. <laughs> and okay, yes, and? She didn't laugh once. And she was like, I thought that was really dumb. And I was like, I think you're really dumb. I'm not attracted to you physically. <laughs> Because you have to laugh at Zoolander in order for me to be attracted to you physically. What you just said is really interesting. I think that's another. um, I I would believe there's definitely a woman that you could be attracted to. Yeah. And and I know that there are like cisgender. Yeah. Angela Bassett. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a lesbian, I, I'm also into those people. Um, no, yeah. uh, I I also know there's men that I would be attracted to. I think there's a like a misconception even for folks who fully identify as gay. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't th- I don't consider myself bi, mm-hmm. but there's enough human beings in the world. I don't either. Where, I'm erasing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 but there, but there's enough human beings in the world where I'm 
I'm, I'm ass- I assume there's somebody on every vector and in every demographic that I'd be attracted to. Yeah. But that doesn't, I think that's a different thing. Of and what we're talking about is like, okay, so you could be attracted to someone, but who are you going to ultimately be the most comfortable with Yes. Um, to create like a true sense of family and a long-term partnership? Mm-hmm. Or it, maybe you don't even want a partnership, but like uh, who could you trust the most? Who do you want to show your body to the most? Like I think we, we also talk about um, – like gayness in this way where we want to throw up looking at the other, the, at the type of person we're not most attracted to. Mm-hmm. And that I think for straight people can be a way of using their feelings about using homophobia for violence. Like I just mean it's like for straight people then, yeah. like because we're not giving the message like, hey, I'm super gay, but like I also think people are beautiful. And I mm-hmm. think when queer people don't say that yeah, we like, allow uh, straight for, people we allow for straight stress. people to be like um oh i would die if i was if i had a, if there was a man i was attracted to mm-hmm. like i think that that thing for straight people is really strong yeah and i i would love to erase that so i will openly say men are beautiful i like male bodies i like to look at those muscles gorgeous yes don't want to date that doesn't mean that i that i hate it of course yeah. That's not an of course. That's what's weird. Yes. Of course to us. Of, you and me. Like-minded people. These two people who agree. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you tried to date a woman and it didn't go great. Yeah. And then what happened next in your life? Uh, outed. Outed. Yes. Um, and. Um, Did that feel like that was just contained to the theater department? Or was that like everybody? Like you woke up the department. next morning and it was a love It was contained situation. to the theater department. Got it. Yes. No so real social media yet then. Right. This was even pr- – this was – Facebook had just been invented. Sure, yes. So, um, yeah, so then it was a slow gradual coming out um, for the next few months. But I felt like by sophomore year I was – I don't know. Do, love simoning. I was yeah. doing a I want to dance with somebody flash mob <laughs> on campus. and how did that feel I guess because being at a Catholic college um, or like I I have no idea if that felt weird it was just full of gays full of gays what about they were everywhere all of a sudden I was like I can see them that's cool yeah Yeah. okay you had your gay glasses on yeah Um, and then also did you know a lot of and I think you already sort of said this, but like, did you know queer folks of color, gay folks of color, like yes. gay men that were black yeah. that you were friends with? Yeah. That's pretty good. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know that that um, would have been what I assumed. Yeah. Like, I know a little bit about Loyola. I don't mm-hmm. know that I would have thought that there was <laughs> a ton of other gay black men for you to meet. Yeah. But like, good. Yay. Yeah. And then you moved to New York after graduation or you lived elsewhere? I moved to New York before graduation. Oh, what do you mean? Um, the summer between junior and senior year, I fled to New York. Oh. And then I had to come back and finish a class. Got but it. Um, I moved to New York in 2007. Wow. So, yeah. You came back, finished a class, graduated. And you moved to New York. Why? What was the motivation? Uh, well, so basically, I'd always wanted to go to New York. But my parents wouldn't let me. And I had a guidance counselor once who was like, you can get into NYU. Uh, I was like, okay, rude. Um, that is rude. <laughs> I hope she's dead now. I doubt it. I don't, I don't hope she's dead. Um, well, I mean, she will die eventually. Yeah, and this isn't. This won't even be on your head. Yeah. This is just <laughs> Yeah. Just how life works. Yes. I, I, I hope that she has an unpleasant day at the supermarket today. That's right. Um, Long lines. She Self-checkout's uh, broken. Yes. Right? Uh, it's always broken. So I wanted to go to New York. And I remember visiting a friend from high school in at Madison uh, over a break. And his girlfriend, she was doing an internship at Business Week during the summer because uh, we were all journalism kids and I was like wait I want to go to New York so I applied to a comedy and drama writing for TV class at NYU summer courses and just went to New York for the summer 
and stayed with her. That feels like a big jump from journalism. Yeah. Why did, how did Because I'd always wanted to write. Got it. TV. And I was like, now I can try it. Where else am I going to learn how to? And then you went to grad school for playwriting. For for TV writing and playwriting. For TV writing and playwriting. It was Got dramatic it. writing. So it. it covered screenwriting as well. Um, and I had a thesis play and a thesis TV pilot. So yeah, I did that. I ended up loving New York. The head of the TV department there said that I should apply for the grad school. Would I graduate it? And I did. And I went. And I don't know. That was the beginning of my New York story. Sure. Did you have plays produced uh, while you were there? I had a couple. Yeah. And then I had one produced here when I first moved here at L.A. Then I was like, that costs a lot of money to self-produce one, which I did in L.A. It does cost a lot of money. So I was like, none of that anymore. <laughs> sure. Um, and I haven't written. I, uh, I, I wrote like two more after that, but I haven't put them up. It feels like so. a big gulf between um, playwriting and I mean, I just think you're. I want to dive back into playwriting. You've been, but you've been very successful. Like, again, at Twitter, you have like a very good. I mean, keep it is like your catchphrase. And I think that I'm sorry to say the word catchphrase, but you know what I mean. Uh, I love a catchphrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catchphrase. Yeah, Um, eat my shorts. Eat them. Take the shorts. (laughs) Eat them. I'm on a, I'm on a skateboard. You're my dad. I hate you. Uh, Right. So it feels like there's a big jump between what I would assume playwriting would be in. And Twitter, just in terms of like form or getting things across, did that feel like a a change for you, or no? Like that's how you were writing plays too. I had always been like a. Here's my opinion on pop oh, culture. Oh, you you pop like out that. your opinions. I've yeah. seen your opinions. They uh, are. I had a. <laughs> I had a column in high school in the school paper. What was it? Uh, it was I. I forget what it was called, but um. It's just my opinions on like pop culture and like the school and rants. God, that's funny when you. I didn't get cast in the school plays. Oh my god! So I then know, you would talk shit on them or what? Yes. That's funny when I you. I think it's also because I was uncomfortable later. with myself. Oh then. sure. You know the whole gay thing, and I'm like, how do I read on stage? And yeah. I'm black, and you know, and I'm like bigger than these tiny students, you know, and so it's like I wasn't quite comfortable in my body yet enough to really sort of like give myself over to acting. I probably was very awkward trying to act that. Um, now I could be fine doing it. Did Cast me. Was that, <laughs> was it, um, did you, ha- <laughs> was that a successful column? Like did, did people, loved, people it. loved it? See, that's so funny. I feel like sometimes when we're like little, um, and that was like early we can twi- predict yes. the thing that we're going to want to do. And then like, well, before that I used to make like my own little like comics and short stories and the uh-huh. kids liked them in middle school. Yeah. It was like, we all read goosebumps. And so I wrote my own little things. So I was always a person who knew that when I wrote things, other people in school and even adults would be Talked like, about I loved it. Gave you positive feedback. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I was always... Um, and so and then, I, of course, I loved Facebook statuses <laughs> sure. uh, back in the day. Sure. And, and, and so, of course, I was going to love Twitter. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Spilling the tea in your high school paper yes. about the production of, like, yes. hairspray or whatever it was. Footloose. <laughs> Footloose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I... I and I, I wrote our... Each year, the students put up the seniors put up a musical that like lampoons the uh-huh. uh, the teachers. Uh, we sort of did this thing. Yeah. I know what you're talking Private about. Private institutions love, love this stuff thing. like that. Yes, exactly. It comes from the Greeks. Yes. Um, and I was basically the head writer of that. Mm-hmm. And so it was so fun just seeing people laugh at my jokes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, I was always like a big jock and I didn't ever feel like I should be in the space of performing. Um, but if I like really look back, I think it's some of some of it's what you were talking about where like I didn't necessarily want people to look at me or to be, I didn't understand who I was even supposed to audition for in the play. Well, I'm like, it's which why I one of writing. these is the butch yeah. person? Mm-hmm. I always, when I was, a, this is when I was a little kid, I would audition for the male parts in musicals at, oh. my, at my grade school. Um, sometimes this went well and I got the part and sometimes people were extremely confused and I did not get to have the part. Of course. Um, like I auditioned for Snoopy. 
And I did not get to play Snoopy because that's a boy. That being said, that's also a dog. Yeah. So. That's weird. I feel like. Anyone can play Snoopy. I feel like you can play Snoopy. Did you play Peter Pan? Um, I, I didn't play Peter Pan. This is the. Because I mean, Peter Pan's sort of like a. It's a boy, but they always cast. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I've talked about this on the podcast before. This is a real thing. Like I, I there was a show when I was in. I think I would have been in fourth grade. Um, that was called In Quest of Columbus, mm. and it was a uh, you know, pro Christopher Columbus. <laughs> uh, All my work piece. is. Yeah, exactly. Um, love is love the, is earlier work. The the part of Christopher <laughs> Columbus was an extremely small part. It wow. had like two lines, but it was the titular role. Uh-huh. So when I thought about like what would be the important part to play, I went on audition for the part of Christopher Columbus, which they called my mom. They were like, we don't know what to do. Cameron has shown up to audition for Christopher Columbus. This isn't something where we said that the girls could audition for this. She just has auditioned for this. My mom, to her credit, was like, well. Was she good? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Good caster. So yeah, so I was. I was Christopher Columbus. I don't think I had, a, I think I had two lines, one of which was like, I'm Christopher Columbus, you know? Yeah. Um, wow. Of course. We don't know that much about Christopher Columbus, do we? Or maybe we do. I think we know some stuff I just about know, him. I just know he, he, killed, Italian. Like, he killed a bunch of people Killed here. a bunch of people. But I'm like, was he, I was wondering about these like colonializers. Yeah, tell me. Were they like slaughtering people back in Europe too? Or did I, he get his first taste of like killing another human being here? Here. I think what was, was it the was it the bloodlust? It was like, yeah, kill you like people like you're savages. You know, I've I've seen Pocahontas. You know, it's like, you know, that's what they thought. Or was he also like a real asshole. No, I don't think. I in, think it, in like yeah. in like Spain, like <laughs> killing people left and right, like killing poor people in the streets. No, I think I think it was. Here's who I think it was probably personality type. It's like the combination of like a NASCAR driver. Like mm-hmm. it's like somebody who's like I can kind of like command a boat, like or whatever. I mean, I don't even think they were the captain. He's probably just a passenger. Maybe he yeah. doesn't have any skills in that area. I'm assuming that he does, but I don't know. I think it has something to do with a boat. And that is such a weird skill for me too. Yeah. When I watch like old no, he, you look pirate the movies stars. and things, yeah. it's like so, I'm glad I'm glad <laughs> I don't live in a world where I would have had to like man a boat. I know. I I'm I think I imagine that he's the one that's to like, be fair. If I was on a boat, it probably would have been a different story. Yeah, yeah, different, uh, different boat, different boat, <laughs> different boat. but uh, um, really different boat. Or um, even like the people like building the pyramids or like building like there is like a Roman boss, thing, right? There's a I'm boss. Like, yes, I'm like. I think I assume he's the boss. What class would I have been in society? No, I know. Well, okay, so I I think I assume he's the boss. He probably wasn't the boss. He probably was just a passenger, like his name's on the boat. But like, he, it's like so again, NASCAR. It's like. There's like Pennzoil yeah. on the side of the car, but like Pennzoil's not driving that mm. car. I think that's probably what it was like. And then um, I also think you're somebody who can convince the queen that you should do something. Yeah. So in personality types, there's a little bit of you and me in there. Yeah. You're we're like the kind of you know maybe he's like the charming person that's like. Was Christopher Columbus queer? Probably. I also think if we discover that about no him, would he would he, would he would he become like a queer icon? I hope not. I think there's no he's a murderer. He's a murderer. I think there's no awareness that the that the people that you're showing up to greet have humanity. That's probably also it. Of course. It's like how we live that's in a Rudyard country. Kipling. Yeah, it's Rudyard. That's actually a really good example. Yes. Yes. No, the way like you know the alleged president and other people you know talk about immigrants and things now. I'm like, oh, it's it was, almost it was, like it's it was, still it was, happening. It was, it was it was wilder. I'm sure in the 1500s. Was there, it? There, if, I feel if, like it almost could have sounded exactly the same. Like if prob- you like soundbite for soundbite. But I probably, I pro- but I probably feel like there wasn't the political correctness of like we need to be like, you know, they're coming to our borders or like you know, like they're criminals <sighs> in our country. It was just like these people have no souls; they're not human. You know, stuff like. Oh yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Diff- so maybe just less justification. Yeah, less less trying to justify. Yes, the, the actions. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's probably really true. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're writing for a Netflix show right now. Yes. Tell me what else you hope happens for you in the future. Do you want to share any of that? Um, you know, I hope uh, I'm working on my own little shows. 
Um, hope that happens. Um, what else happens? What about even just personally? Personally? We were talking earlier. You're very good at taking vacations. Yes. And I'm going to London and Madrid. Yes. I also mean like, um, I don't know. Like, do you? how do you feel like you are right now? You said that you used to be less comfortable with yourself. Yes. Are you all the way there? Not all the way. But Some, that's but that's why I have a personal trainer now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that Yeah. Uh, is that going to close that gap? Probably not. Um, I mean the other I'll, thing is I'll hate myself till I die. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know I'm more comfortable being me now. Weirdly this Twitter and the podcast and all sorts of other things, you know, I never envisioned I was always just like I'm the writer and I'm here, you know? I never envisioned myself being front and center in anything that I did. Oh, yes. And you, so it's been a weird path. Do you feel comfortable with it? I do now. Like yeah, you 80% are. 80% comfortable with right, it. Right, you are being Is embraced. anyone 100% comfortable with it? That's probably like a Tom Cruise. They're crazy. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm. it depends on what. I'm comfortable, like, I'm comfortable on stage. Yeah. I'm comfortable having people look at me. I'm comfortable assuming that I have opinions that maybe need to be out there in the world. But I don't know that I'm fully comfortable with um, other parts of it. Like, um, Having to murder people. Genocide. The genocide itself. No, sometimes I I feel like I would like to spend a little bit more time um, being a person and like investing in friendships. And Mm. when your business is yourself, it – there's a lot of – there's, like, a certain amount of self-protection that you need to do in order to keep the business growing. Like of you, course. Like, you have to um, – sometimes I feel a little more shut down than I would like to be. I'm mm-hmm. working on that. Okay. But I just mean because you're projecting this image to the outside world, and this is something that you're saying you didn't necessarily see for yourself, but it is happening yeah. to you or for you. Um, you know, that creates – that's a weird thing. Yeah. When you're selling yourself. Yes. Shaking my wares. So, like, on the block, trying to stay in touch with who's actually in there is really important, and I think becomes more important. Yeah, the further that goes. Weirdly, weirdly, I feel like for the most part, at least now, they're a little bit similar. Yeah, obviously, there's things I don't say publicly. Yes, and things that are in my private sphere in life. But you know, I sort of live my life. You know, just sort of being me for now. Yeah. Yeah, I think they stay similar. I hope that that's. I hope that that um, that golf like is always comfortable because I think that's where that can get weird. Is like they're always going to be similar, but Who that knows? distance be in, can be bigger. I could be an Act One of Star Is Born right now. I <laughs> lose myself completely in like five years. I can't wait for your comeback. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ira, before I send you back out to the day, well, first of all, um, folks should listen to your podcast, which is called Keep It. I've been a guest on there. Um, but also, what um, if in you the look, early days too? Yeah, early in. Yeah, young Cami Esposito. <laughs> I think six months to a year ago, or whenever that was, she was so bright eyed. She was a different guy. Um, if you could, I ask you to um, shout out a person or or a thing or place that made you feel comfortable that with the the human you are today, a queero of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Collins. Oh, awesome. The English teacher. Cool. The Jesuit. Fuck yeah. I'm not going to assume anything about his life. Um, but I just know that, you know, he made me feel comfortable. And it was weird that he was sort of like, I felt like a friend in high school, even though he was my teacher. Uh, and, you know, he was very encouraging as an English teacher. And I appreciate that. Um, and was sort of an anchor. I looked forward to going to his class uh, twice a week. And so I looked forward to going to school and seeing him. Have you seen the movie In and Out? Because I think we're living that movie right this moment. <laughs> yes. Yes, I remember. <laughs> yes, I have seen the movie In and Out. He doesn't teach anymore, though. <laughs> yes, he doesn't teach anymore. Um, have you talked to this person since? No, I think he's dead. I'm kidding. I assume everyone's dead. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like that's I'm happened. Dead. I'm a ghost. That's happened multiple times I'm a ghost. during this. Um, and yet the headphones are staying in your ears. Yeah. Which is truly impressive for a ghost. You know, usually the headphones fall right through. Yes. So uh, you've, you're in control of your ectoplasm. Or yes. I don't know the words. And you know, he was such a great person that, you know, like, he'd also be like, 
I heard you're being ridiculous. <laughs> you know, even if I was off base. Well, that's cool. He wouldn't I'm, care. I'm so happy that you had a person that was giving you a path, or at least like some understanding and compassion. It sounds yeah. like. So that's red. Yeah. And maybe he's a straight row. Who knows? Who knows? But either way. It's not for me to decide, but I think he wouldn't care either way okay. what I call. Yeah. Rad. Well, it was so nice to talk to you, and thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah.